You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. A break from our regular programming for this special episode, Raven's Reviews. Welcome to another episode of the Sirens Podcast. Today for Raven's Reviews, we have a really cool author with us today, James Michaels. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? We are doing well. We're so glad to have you. Yeah, I got, can you see your book? I got your book. It's right there. I see it. I see it. (laughs) So, first of all, I wanted to kind of let our listeners get to know you a little bit. You, We had a pre-conversation about where you were from. So, if you could tell our listeners just a little bit about you, your background, what you do, where you're at, that'd be great. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, it was a dark and stormy night when I was born. No, um, okay, let's fast forward. <laughs> I mean, we can go um, there if you want. <laughs> That's <funny. laughs> After I broke out the lab. Okay, no. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> I know. It's it's kind of an awkward question because you're like, there's so much to me. Where do I even start? It's kind of awkward, but... Yeah. <laughs> you're from Michigan. Yes, I'm from Michigan, uh, born and raised um, just about 20 miles west of Detroit. And, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've always been an avid reader, particularly of crime fiction and true crime and so always kind of being interested in that I was interested in um, law enforcement and stuff and uh, I was going to college to become a police officer I ended up joining the Department of Corrections where I'm still yeah yeah, where I'm still working as a day job and disclosure anything I say on here does not reflect the opinion of the Department of Corrections and, and whatnot. So any, any opinions I say are my own. Just a disclaimer, I always have to put out oh, there yeah. when I mention it. Sure. For sure. Um, yeah, and so I've been doing that for almost eight years now. Um, so about five years ago, I, I don't know, I, I, I was kind of at like a certain, like, like, like a plateau with my job. And I was started looking for things outside of work, to, you know, just kind of challenge myself, you know, learn something new, you know, just better myself as a person. And one of the challenges came up was to write my own book, which I'd actually, for fun, I kind of started writing one when I was a teenager, but I just kind of just let it go and I didn't think about it anymore. Yeah. Um, but this time, and I remembered that, so when I started kind of going down this road, I said, okay, I'm going to finish this book. And I thought it was going to be a one-off, just, hey, I wrote a book. That'd be great to tell my kids one day. Right. Um, so I'm writing the book, and I realized it's going to be longer than I thought it was going to be. So I realized I was going to have to break it off into a series. Then other ideas came to mind, and I just kind of realized I opened the door to a much wider like room in my head than I thought that I initially thought I had, which I realized was kind of that one thing in my life that I was missing, which was what am I, you know, naturally good at? Right. You know, like, like, like what's you know, I think that's something that like. All of us have to find, and I, I found that, you know, at 25, you know, kind of maybe like a late bloomer in that regard. I'm not a prodigy by any means. Um, but, yeah, so that's why I've been working for five years now to cultivate. And in that time, 
I've published four books. Uh, Lifestar Corners is the uh, the fourth one. I published that in January of this year. And Livestar Corners is one of the ones that's not a part of the series. It's actually got five short stories. Okay, there you go. But yeah, that's the one that I've been reading. Um, and I will probably start your series as soon as I'm done with that. But um, I actually awesome. am I'm liking Livestar Corners right now so far. I am we strange in the the way that I read because I don't if especially if there is short stories in there I like to bounce wherever I go is where I go mm-hmm. so I have started with um I started with the soldier's widow which was actually mm-hmm. the second story in there and uh I'm a fan not gonna lie I'm a fan some really good writing thank in there. you yeah I had some questions though about like where you come up with these stories that it's just does the character come first or does the story come and then you fill in the characters later what's your how do you how do you put all that together um it's actually a miracle that i'm able to put it all together because i totally shoot from the hip with my writing (laughs) um even i i can't tell you where my ideas are going to lead me you know um I think typically what I start off with is I start with a beginning and an end of the story. And that's about usually all the planning I really put in there. Maybe I kind of have like a basic list of characters that I'll go with. It just depends on which story I'm writing. Yeah. And then a lot of times the ending itself will, uh, will change on me. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, for the better. Yeah. Um, so like with your, with your series, do you know, like, okay, I'm here's the end of this one, and so this is where I want it to the next one to end, and that's kind of how you work from there? That is a very good question. So, again, it, it, it would depend on this on the story and what I actually want to do with the ending. Because, with my series, for example, you know, the first book ends on a cliffhanger. Um, but the second book, Icebox, takes off like literally the same scene that it ends on. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, um, and then I'm actually writing the third book, Ice Rain, as we speak. Uh, Icebox was different because I I changed the setting. In Ice Rising, it takes place on the streets. Um, you know, it's the first book. It's about this kid's rise to power he joins this gang because he feels like he has to protect those he loves that's how he does it but he's got a great sense for business this genius business mind you know so at a very young age he starts rising to power in the gang that he joins you know and there's wars and there's treachery that he has to deal with um he becomes more ruthless as a character then ice box takes us off the street and puts us behind the walls of prison you know our main character who goes by ice hence the uh, the commonality of the titles. Right. He has to do a little bit of time, and now he has to learn how to, you know, survive this whole new world, you know, which is a lot different from the streets. Um, with that one, I really wanted to finish the entire setting and then move him back to back out onto the street, back into the city, but at a kind of higher level than he was, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. What is the setting of... Your first one. I wrote Ice Rising, and then I wrote the Ballad of Johnny Carlo. I kind of took a break from the series. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Ballad, 
Yeah, Battle of Johnny Carlo actually takes place not too far from where, from where y'all are. Um, New Orleans, Louisiana oh, is yeah. the main setting. Yeah. Um, did you, have you ever been to New Orleans? Is that kind of why you chose it or, or why did you choose it? I've always wanted to go. Um, for me, it was like, I've always been a fan of the mafia. So New York City is a, uh, it's like the secondary main setting. Um, Johnny Carlo himself is, uh, he's a mafia member at the beginning of the story. And I wanted to take him and put him in a totally different setting, background, you know, culture and whatnot. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. kind of like a, a, a blend in that way. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yours are like action packed and like there's like so much going on like hitmen and mafia and gang wars and like all this stuff so I mean just readers out there this is not the norm I usually don't read stuff like this um just I don't know why it's just like a gang war thing is I'm just like eh, I'd rather just like some old dude be working a murder case you know like <laughs> real laid back but I will say that um there were some some twisties in what I did read of um, of Life Start Corners that I really enjoyed uh, because there's kind of a up and down like oh did he do it no he didn't do it oh yeah well maybe he did do it no no he didn't do it and then by the end I was like oh my god <laughs> well it keeps you on your seat and yeah I like yeah. the fact that you would go into the next book with the exact day yeah. That, to me, I think it keeps readers, I think it keeps them, it's like going, especially if they binge read. Well, and it's the next, it's like going to the next season of the show and you can't remember what happened. And so you can this way. Speaking of that, speaking, you just reminded me going into the next show, you write very theatrically. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but thank you. But it, and it, it, yes, it is a compliment because that's how I want to read just people out there oh, writing books. No, me too. I'm the same. I want to read like that. I, I want to feel that I'm in there and that it's going on around me. Yeah. And there are some scenes just in the, the short story that I read where it's like, you can almost in your brain see the camera panning. You know what I mean? Yes. And <laughs> that is so cool. And that's just, I think it's a unique writing style. That, it really is. That yeah. we need, we need more of. So. Yeah. Y'all, congrats to you for writing like that. That's pretty awesome. Anyway, sorry. Thank you. (laughs) I just wanted to tell you that. (laughs) I I appreciate it. It feels good. Yeah. (laughs) That's the first time somebody's ever said theatrical. Oh, really? I like that. I I like that. I'm going to take that. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) I was going to do Icebox next, but the Battle Giant Carlo idea really just kind of um, came to mind, and it was so strong. And I really wanted to take a break from the Ice Series because... Well, for once, in the third, it's in the first person. It's written in the first person. Val Johnny Carl's in the third person. I wanted to really kind of say, okay, I can do first person pretty well. I can keep the reader very interested in keeping with the same character throughout the story. Now let's see if I can, uh, you know, try this out with different characters' perspectives in the story. So they gave me a chance to really branch out and have all these new different characters, all these new different backgrounds that you can see from their own perspective. Not just from how this one guy sees everybody. You you get to kind of get a more well-rounded, I guess, perspective of those characters. Then, after I wrote The Battle of Johnny Carlo, I then went to Icebox because, you know, again, it's, it's the idea that's just in my head for months as I'm writing the one story. It's like, okay, 
as soon as you're done, get started on this one. I did, and I wrote Icebox, and it ended very well. Um, not so much a cliffhanger ending with this one, but definitely, definitely the uh, it ends with letting you know there's going to be more to come. Then Life's Dark Corners, again, this was a challenge to myself because I've never written short stories before. You know, all my books were, you know, full length at this point. So this, again, another challenge for me. Plus, I really wanted to get more work out there that was more sort of like reach a wider audience, if that makes sense. Because yeah. the ice books tend to be quite dark, whereas in Life's Dark Corners, even though the name says Life's Dark Corners, there are, you know, you know, a couple of stories are a little bit lighter in, yeah. in regards to crime thriller. So I wanted to do that as well. Not, not, not just kind of stay completely dark. It's there for people that like it. I like it. But I wanted to let other, to kind of get other people interested in my work as well. To kind of be more well-rounded. So I have a, a little something for everybody. I think that you did um, really well um, with, with Life Start Corners in that perspective thing you were talking about. I think you did really well on that, especially in the one um, in the, sorry, I'm going back to the little old lady, but um, <laughs> but going from her perspective to, you know, the bad guy's perspective and back and forth, I think you did really well with that. And I think you keep going back to that story because that's the one we were really talking about you know, as that's the last one I finished. And on the way here, we were talking yeah, about that we were story about that one. Yeah. and about the Vietnam, you know, right. not to give anything out about your book, but the, to the era of, you know, being in war and, you know, my her, parents, her dad was in Vietnam. Yes. And so, and, and, oh, wow. Yeah. And so I, I look at, my dad was at Fort Bragg. And so I look at, you know, that era and see the age my parents are now, which in fact, my mom will be 78 on her birthday. Which Sorry, is the mother. same age of the lady in the story. Yes. And yeah. so I can really kind of relate to that. I want to set up uh, the main character, Janine. You can say her name is Janine. Right. I want to kind of set up with where her situation is, is she's not overly distraught. It, 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 I believe if I remember correctly, I kind of set the setting of the story about two years after the husband has passed. Four years. Well, um, with Janine, I wanted to give her that, uh, uh, you know, I like to, you know, have characters that are really able to kind of stand on their own, if that makes sense. And her situation with her husband is that, you know, he had cancer. So this typically when somebody has cancer, it's, some, it's a process that the family is dealing with. And so, you know, when, you know, when he did pass, you know, she would, you know, before the story, she would kind of like expect it and prepare for it so that she can also kind of prepare for her life um, after his passing. So that's kind of where she's at now is that, you know, she's still, um, you know, she's at this point, she's accepted it. She misses him, of course, you know, in the beginning of the book, you notice that she does miss him. There's things that she was used to. They've been married for so long. Um, but she has to continue her life now, you know, and she still has things to do. As you've noticed it, you know, in the beginning of the book, she's very busy. She's, you know, very close with her family. You know, she has, she still has a lot of obligations, right? you know, and she yeah. keeps herself she busy. Me a lot of my mom. Yeah. A lot. It, it was, it, it's, it's interesting that, that a lot of people, um, Give, have given me really good feedback with that story. It was different for me because unlike a lot of the characters, I just read the book, you know, a lot of my protagonists tend to be criminals or aspiring criminals. And Janine was different because she is not. She is an honest person, total civilian. I wanted to break the mold with her. So, you know, like, as you see, 
later on in the story, she's not exactly helpless just this old lady, yeah. Helpless person. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, I like that. And we'll leave it at that. Well, it it's an underdog story. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're not in a seventy eight year old lady, you can resonate with well, that. Well that's that's exactly yeah. even if you can't resonate with, you know, the other the other some of the other stories because you know criminal wise you mm-hmm. can take this one and go oh yeah okay yeah i can resonate with this one and have fun reading the other yeah. ones you know what i yeah. mean and, and know that i'm not that <laughs> person i did um for some reason and this is just my dumb brain but for some reason the first introduction of your two criminals for whatever reason I immediately thought of the two criminals from Home Alone. <laughs> they were just, uh, that's just who was in my head the whole time I was reading that. And I don't know why. I have no idea why. Because they're not, they're not like funny, fun, you know, comical characters at all. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's the fact that they're, they're bumbling. I think it was the first thing was, I don't know what kind of vehicle that is. Like, I immediately was like, I don't know exactly what that is. So I just replaced it with a van and then <laughs> and then replaced them, their faces. I don't know. It's strange. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's interesting where our minds take us when we read books. Because a lot of times, yeah. you know, if it's not put on the paper we just make up our own yeah you know? well and i think that's the fun, it of, is the fun of reading is that there are some details that you can skew and that you can put in your own and then well, you can cast yourself well <laughs> and that's a great question to ask you do you do you find yourself ever doing that on purpose where you'll leave certain things out little tiny things to kind of draw the reader's imagination in i've had to make peace with the fact that people are going to see differently than how i see things um so the way i may picture janine may be different from how other people will picture her you know um you said it that she identifies closely with your mother so you may find that she in your mind she she resembles more of your mother to me, she re- she resembles. Um, have you ever seen that movie Duplex yes. with, with with Ben Stiller? Yes. Uh, she kind of reminds me of her when like when 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 the hitman tries to to take her out, she shoots him with the harpoon yeah. and stuff, you know. And it's a, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's kind of that's some of the inspiration right there. It's like, yeah, I want to give her some fire. And, uh, yeah. So I kind of think of I I, I kind of think of that woman, uh, you know, aside from being you know the kind of menace to Ben Stiller part, and this one, my character is actually like a very sweet. Old lady just doesn't take any crap. Um, That's my mom. (laughs) Like, back in the day, I think authors really gave you every single detail of everything. Like, you're in a room, here's what the wood is made of and who made it. The, you know, and then, and and it's, it's kind of tiring in a way. No, it's good. It's good, but a lot of times, you know, it can... It might distract somebody who may be looking for that type of description that where like everything has to represent something and i'm not that kind of writer where like you know like the green grass represents like you know the the politics and the and the and the and the white picket fence rep- resembles you know like the downfall society you know just kind of like like dostoevsky or something I, i'm not that person so i want to describe something as I see it, but understanding that somebody else is going to see it differently. As long as they understand that that's what, that's what it is, that's what its function is. And we may find that our 
vision of something be a little, we may find that commonality. I just don't want to control how the reader will interpret something. Yeah. Right. And I, think right. That's I, I don't want them to see everything just as I see it, you know, because people will take different stuff from my stories. It is what it is. You know, some people may, some people may read my stories and say, okay, I'm not going to go with the life of crime because I read your story. I'm like, okay, that's, I'm very happy for you. I made it to entertain and I love to write good stories. I'm glad you took that from it. Right. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it's up to the person's sort of um, take on it. Yeah. It's all about you know? perception. Well, and I think that's so great because, you know, everyone's life experiences are different. Yeah. And when yeah. you read a story, there might be something in it, you know, like with the Vietnam thing with my dad, where I've heard stories from him. Yeah. You know, and so you, you, perceive it in this light that I think connects to connects you, to you yeah. and your story mm-hmm. and so I think it's great that you do that because then if I think if everything was always explained at all to detail yeah. every single book then we would never have our own perception and our own imaginations and it would just be all done for us yeah and to that so Stephen King is my absolute favorite author on the planet However, he does that a lot, like a lot, a lot. (laughs) Like you see one of his books and it's like this thick. It's because he's described the wallpaper and the carpet and like all of these little details that I'm, I do not care about. (laughs) I don't care. Like, just tell me what's going on with this person or this ghost or this whatever is happening. Like, that's all I need to know. And I can make up the rest. You know, that's the wonderful thing about about reading but I was wondering so what usually comes first a character or or the premise of the story that would depend on um again on the story itself with the ballad Johnny Carlo I just created a list of characters and I said wow these people would sound awesome together um mix them all together and a story kind of brewed from there right as I write the story, it's like putting a puzzle together for me. I'll ask myself, okay, how do, how do I get to this scene? How does my character deal with this situation? And I think, okay, so I may need to throw in a situation that's gonna change a character, I'm going to need to get rid of a character, or I'm going to need to add a new character that's different from all the other characters in the story, per se. Right. So that, that's kind of how I approach it. It's just kind of, you know, crossing the bridge as I get to it type situation. So you write a lot, like you said, a lot about criminals, like a lot about criminal enterprise, criminal underworld, just down to like petty thieves and stuff like that. Now, I know that you have experience. You just said you worked with the Department of Corrections with people like this. But when writing these characters and like you said, having them make decisions and stuff like that, does it ever like get cringe like you're like oh i would never do this so it's really hard for me to write a character doing this you know actually i don't have that problem because working in the department of corrections you know i deal with inmates and we have all kinds of inmates right um you have guys that are you know you have guys who just have you know some some issues substance abuse um you know a temper they, they like to steal and then you do have, you know, the monsters that go bump in the night. Um, you know, I've dealt with all kinds. I compartmentalize. Yeah. So when I'm writing what a character would do, I compartmentalize that. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. No, it makes complete sense. Because doing what 
doing what we both do, we have to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, when we go and we talk to victims' families and we go to crime scenes, we have to really compartmentalize to be able to, you know, get through those. Yeah, those hard, hard, yeah, just the moments. and Yeah, just yeah. the times with the families because, you know, they're going through a lot. So we completely, we can, mm-hmm. that makes, how do you cope? How do you, do you have anything that you do? That it's like a good coping mechanism. Yeah, I mean, I, it's probably writing. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's writing. Um, you know, it's my family. You know, I have a wife and three kids and stuff that I love very much. And just being in there makes me appreciate what I have on the outside of it. Um, you know, like every day in there is like an episode of Beyond Scared Straight for me. Yeah. You know, where it's like, ooh, I would really hate to live here. Like this would suck. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, they kind of have some nice things. You know, the the only thing I really envy that they have is time. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, aside from that, I'm pretty fortunate because, you know, I typically work in the lower security areas, and I believe that, you know, you that 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 you kind of create your own atmosphere. And I just noticed that a lot of the same people that I work with that tend to fall in situations are people a lot of times that look for those situations. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. me, I'm the type of person I like to have a positive, peaceful atmosphere around me. I think that it kind of extends again in, in my atmosphere. So I haven't had a whole lot of, thank God, I haven't had a whole lot of terrible stories, um, which is why, you know, I'm glad I'm a, I'm a writer because, uh, you know, when people ask me a lot of questions about this, you know, people really want to hear like those horror stories and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more resemble what the typical officer is. The person that goes in, the inmates understand that I don't, I'm not looking for problems. I will respect you, respect me. You know, I'm not here to kind of, you know, bust your chops over every little thing. We don't even have to interact really if you don't want to, which in, in ice box, which takes place in prison, that's what I did. Um, you know, one of my big things was with prison stories and whatnot, you know, orange is the new black Shawshank redemption, those type of things. The officers are really depicted quite negatively, you know, like, um, they're always seen as like, you know, either corrupt or abusive or incompetent. And in this book, all of my staff characters are relatively neutral characters. They only show up when there's, when, when they have to take my, you know, a character to the hole or when there's a fight, they respond. Um, you know, he has some interactions with some people. It, it's pretty neutral, which I think is represents, even though, like I said, I'm not one with representation, I really was big on that to represent the traditional kind of relationship that inmates and officers have. It's not just, you know, we're just like sworn enemies that, that hate each other. We're just kind of dealing with each yeah. other. The most common character that's a staff member in Icebox is the regular housing unit officer that works in the housing unit that Ice lives in. And he tells them in the beginning, hey, I'm just letting you know, I'm not here to make your life a hell. Just keep it quiet. Do your time. I'm going to do mine. Yeah. Which I think is the most accurate uh, description of the majority of, you know, correctional officers. Which yeah. I think is so important that you portray that in your books mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. more needs to be portrayed in a positive, you know, manner instead of 
negatively. It makes me think of, sorry to bring Stephen King in this again, um, but it makes me think of the Green Mile because those guys are just trying to do their job, man. And they're decently good guys. Like they just want to come in and do their job and live their life and hope that there's no issues and go home to their family. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have, like you said, Shawshank that is completely completely opposite. opposite. Yeah. I would say Green Mile is, when it comes to movies, I say Green Mile has the most accurate description of Officers, you know, these are guys that they don't take, they don't think things that guys do to them very personally. It, it, it had a very wide range of, of inmates in there, and uh, you, you know, just between the four that are, um, the five that are in there, you know, and then again, there's always that one guy that's, you know, like the Percy character in Green Mile. Oh yeah. There are a few though. There are a few guys like that, yeah. but most officers are more of like, you know. Like, like the Tom Hanks character and the guys that he works with, you know, the, the younger kid learning learning his steps, the quiet officer Brutus Howell mm-hmm. type character where he's just, you know, he just, he backs up his guys and he's very professional, very stoic type thing. Yeah. That's how, I, I'd say that's how most officers are. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for representing, you know, him. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and thank you so much. 78 year old ladies. Yes. <laughs> Everywhere. Mom. <laughs> not yet. She'll get me. She'll be like, I am not yet. <laughs> so I'm, I've already gone over our time a little bit, but just to wrap it up, I just wanted to know if you're working on anything now, what can we see in the future? I am actually very excited to talk about that because um, I'm so happy about this. Uh, so I am working on Ice Rain as we speak. That's the third in the, in the series. Okay. That's Ice Rain, R-E-I-G-N. Uh-huh, kind of like a play yeah. word. And what makes me very happy is the fact that I'm going to be expanding the universe of the Battle of Johnny Carlo, which I actually did with Lifestar Corners. A lyric for Brutus yeah. is uh, Brutus and Frank Abraham in um, um, the lyric for Brutus story are actually prominent characters in... Battle of Johnny Carlo. Oh, wow. It's sort of a prologue. So young Leisha, Frank's sister, is actually this person here. Um, she is the she's a homicide detective. Oh wow! Okay. In New Orleans. Awesome. So Johnny's the antihero. Yeah. Leisha's the heroine. I'm actually going to be expanding a different another story into this universe. It'll be called Cracked Gold Lullaby. With this story especially, I want to make them all like standalones, but in the same universe. So you can get the full satisfying story with its own ending. Right. And, you know, if you're really interested in that universe, there's other stories around so you can kind of get to know more about it. Right. I love that idea. Yeah. So as soon as I get done with Ice Rain, which could be, I'm assuming it's going to be four or five months from now. Again, shooting from the hip. That's just how I'm feeling. <laughs> and I'm usually right. I'm going to be jumping right into my number six book well, my next on my list is to read The Ballad of Johnny Carlo. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask you um, to kind of just wrap it up. Uh, if no, if our readers have never read your books, which one do you suggest starting with? It usually depends on the reader. Um, if, if you prefer series, like I said, you want to get into Ice Rising, Ice Box first. If you're serious on series, if you, if you like a standalone where you, you you can just pick up a book, read the whole story, no cliffhanger, and it's like a satisfying one-off story, then I would recommend The Ballad of Johnny Carlo. If you love short stories or if you're just trying to get back into reading, you know, and, and, and you're still developing your attention 
toward, you know, staying on the same story, I would recommend uh, Life's Dark Corners. Um, I would say of the four, Ballad of Johnny Carlo would probably be the most, would probably have the widest audience just because it has a character for everybody in there. You're going to have a favorite. You're going to have a least favorite. And, you know, it's going to have the dark times. It's going to have funny points and it's going to have everything in, you know, it's got a lot of action in it, a lot of action in it. Um, it also has a good, you know, rom- romantic theme to it, you know, where, you know, there's there, there's love is a strong and family and family loyalty is a are strong um, traits in the book. If I, if I was not the author, I was the reader, I would probably go with the ballad Johnny Carlo first. And we're going to have to get that one. That's the one I'm going to get next. That's what I'm getting yeah. next, and I'm going to start on it. I'm excited about reading it. It was probably my, my most ambitious book. You know, I actually have a copy here. It's pretty thick. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, that, we're excited. Is, we yeah. like to read thick books. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty like thick. Tell my listeners where we can find you and your books at. So I have my own website. That is jamesmichaelsbooks.com. On that website, we'll have my personal email for anybody that would like to message me about anything. Also, all my books are listed on there, as well as my um, email sign-up sheet. So you sign up there, and you can get updates on all my upcoming um, events, my new books coming out, book deals, content, um, things of that nature. I have, uh, I'm have i on Facebook at facebook.com slash jamestherealmike. I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash jamesrealmike. TikTok, tiktok.com slash at jamesrealmike. And Instagram.com slash James E. Michaels. The fact he remembers all that, I, I am know. so impressed. I know. Because <laughs> I can't um, remember mine. If, so. if, if you can't remember any of that, I have all of that linked on our website under Author Alley. Just scroll down and look for James in our authors section. Um, all my books are available on Amazon. They're all, they, all of them are available on um, paperback, Kindle, and if you have Kindle Unlimited, they're available on that as well. That's Ice Rising, Icebox, Ballad of Johnny Carlo, and Lifestar Corners. And also, Ballad Johnny Carlo has a hardcover edition. Oh, nice. For it as well. I'm going to get the hardcover. I love that classic feel. <laughs> um, you can also find all of these books on our website, again, under Author Alley, or we now have an Amazon store, and I have put them in our Amazon store. Thank you so much yes, for being with us today you. and talking to us about yourself and your books we appreciate it thank you this was fun yes and we're excited about reading more of your books yeah we'll have to have you on again when your next one drops whenever that is definitely definitely thanks for listening to this episode of raven's reviews Catch more next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?